Welcome to episode 585 of the Fantastic Forecast, the world's greatest podcast. A podcast devoted solely to the adventures of the Fantastic Four. I'm Dave Elliott, and I've been walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack of these dirty sidewalks of Broadway. In every episode, I'll be discussing a different issue of the Fantastic Four. In this episode, I'll be discussing Fantastic Four number 585, January 2011, 3, Part 3, The Kings of Atlantis, by Jonathan Hickman and Steve Epting. Our story begins in a sports car in New York City. Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and his passenger, the Thing, Ben Grimm, now in human form after drinking a potion in the previous issue, are speeding through the city. They pull up to the Baxter building to find the planet-eating Galactus hovering above their home. Johnny leaves Ben and flies up to the roof to see what the hell's going on. Up there, Reed Richards is chatting with the giant entity. He's explaining how a Galactus from the future ended up dying in the present day. In the future, it seems, a bunch of survivors from a dying Earth needed help getting transported to safety to the past, and they used Galactus as a power source to operate the machinery needed for this operation. The Silver Surfer is there as well, and he asks Reed where these survivors are. Reed explains they've settled on an artificial world on the other side of the galaxy. The Surfer starts using his mind to probe the stars, looking for this civilization. Johnny shows up and asks Reed what's going on, and Reed explains how the present-day Galactus found the dead body of the future Galactus. Johnny's like, oh shit. But Galactus says, don't worry. I mean this world no harm. On the other hand, that artificial world filled with people who killed my future self, they might need to worry. Reed explains he's going with Galactus, and Johnny needs to stay behind and watch the kids. So they hop aboard Galactus's ship, and they're gone. Meanwhile, out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, Sue Richards is having a chat with an Atlantean lady, Andromeda. They're undergoing some pretty intense negotiations, treaty negotiations, it's pretty exciting stuff. I bet the kids reading this FF comic book are going crazy. Kids love negotiations. Who doesn't? Submariner is there, and he overrides some of Andromeda's protest about the conditions of the treaty. He's willing to make some compromises for the sake of peace. He dismisses Andromeda from the room, leaving Sue and Namor alone together. Sue says sarcastically, I bet she and I... Oh, wait. I bet she and I are going to be great friends. And then Namor explains that uh, Andromeda doesn't really trust Sue. She thinks that Sue's trying to screw Namor on the negotiations. They both pause to look out the window at the water and the fish life outside. Sue looks over at Namor, and she's thinking, Damn, he's hot. I want to jump his... Meanwhile, Galactus and Reed arrive at Galactus's old home ship, a ginormous structure that makes the Death Star look like a ball of poo. Galactus says that as soon as the surfer gets back with the others, they're going to leave for the other side of the galaxy. Reed is like, what others? Galactus explains there's been some other people on Earth who have come in contact with the remains of future Galactus, so the surfer is rounding them all up and bringing them along. Reed asks if he means other members of the Fantastic Four, and Galactus says, no, others, and leaves it at that. Reed wonders why Galactus seems like he's in such a hurry. Galactus explains he was kind of afraid back on Earth. Reed is like, afraid? You afraid? You're not afraid of anything. Galactus explains there's one person on Earth that he is afraid of, 
someone with great powers. Let's talk about your son, he says to Reed. Back on Earth, Johnny, Reed, Franklin, Reed's son, Franklin, and a bunch of other freaks and mutants are hanging out together. Ben is telling everyone the story about what happened when the FF first encountered a supervillain called the Mad Thinker. Uh, go all the way back and listen to episode 15 for more on that first encounter with the Mad Thinker. Some of the kids are dissecting what the Mad Thinker may have done wrong, using ape DNA for the android, or using a photovoltax to power a mobile combat unit. One kid says he met the Mad Thinker once. He's not too smart. Bad breath, too. Ben explains the moral of the story was that no matter how smart you are, you still don't know everything. With that, he sends the kids off to bed. Johnny and Ben hit the kitchen for a late snack. Ben starts asking Johnny if he'd ever like to have kids. Johnny says, oh yeah, I'd love to. What about you? He says to Ben. Ben says, I try not to think about it. Well, if he ever does want kids, he better get busy with Alicia before he turns back into the thing. Or wait, didn't he do that already in the last issue? As I record this, issue 585 has only been out for a week. So I don't know what happens in the next issues. But I'm going to make a bet right here, right now. Alicia will become pregnant very soon. Mark my words. It only took me 585 episodes, but I'm finally making a forecast in the Fantastic Forecast. Alicia gets pregnant. Ben dies. Oh, the pathos. The poignancy. A little later, the Anti-Priest a menacing-looking bald man with a big minus on his forehead, is giving a speech. It's a speech about death. He says, We all think death is our fate, but that doesn't have to be the case. Death is just a choice. And if they choose, people can live forever. With that, he leaves the stage to what appears to be a stunned silence. The Antipriest gets backstage, and he sheds his human skin and he's a bug monster underneath. He joins a group of other bug monsters, and they receive a communication from their leader. Their leader is Annihilus. He explains tomorrow they will seize the Baxter building and open the door to the negative zone, allowing them to invade and conquer Earth. The next day, off the coast of Thailand, negotiations with Sue and the Atlanteans continue. They're going on about how they should divide up certain territories. They can't quite agree on anything. Namor says to the king of another group of Atlanteans, I'm glad we could meet face to face so I could do this. And then he whips out a large spear and hurls it at the other Atlanteans. Finally, some action. Yay! He manages to jab the king with his spear and he leaves him on the floor in a big bloody heap. And then, well, that's the end of our story. You didn't really think there would be more than one page of action, did you? It's 2010. If you want action, go to, your, go to 1963 and read a comic book back then. Coming in the next issue, the battle for the fate of the world. If you want to email me a question about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you just need relationship advice, you can reach me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can check out more at podcastff.blogspot.com. So long, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, the stars drip down like butter. Promises are sweet We hold out our hands With our hands to catch them We eat them up Drink them up Ah, ah, ah